Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the not so simple life. We will be joined today by holistic health coach and nutrition response testing practitioner Vanessa Fitzgerald, also known as V's Honey. She really knows her stuff, and we can't wait to dive into all things health and nutrition. Grab your notepads, grab your pens, because we'll be getting into some great conversations with Vanessa. We'll be talking about her approach to nutrition, diet tips, detoxing off of Adderall, mental health, supplements, and more. Let's get this show started. Hello, all you beautiful people. We are super excited to be having Vanessa hopping on today, all the way from California. We are both getting back onto our health game. She's motivated us. How are you doing over there, Kylie? I'm doing good. I'm back in New York and just getting back to my normal routine, doing my normal things again. I am jealous that you're still in the mountains, but this episode couldn't have come at a better time. It's like time for me to get back on my health grind and like summer's ending. So it's time to just reset. And getting Vanessa on here today is going to just be that little extra kick that I need to get back to it. <laughs> exactly. No more cheese fondue for me. Um, back on my grind. I'm doing this. So, One thing that we're going to be talking about with Vanessa today is the exclusionary foods from her diet. So I have a feeling that a lot of her exclusionary foods are going to be the foods that I was having just a bit too much of this summer. So like I said, this is the refresher that I need. I'm ready to get this discipline going again. I know that quarantine life and summer life gets the best of all of us, but you know what? It's like all things are only good in small doses. So it's time for me to cut the splurges down a bit and get back to real life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sipping on a delicious coffee right now with my oat milk. And on the subject of oat milk, my heart was crushed. Vanessa posted a story highlight about how terrible oat milk is for you. And I'm definitely going to have to get into that with her and find out why we shouldn't be drinking it because I live on the stuff and I know you do too, Kylie. So that's something we definitely want to learn more about. I definitely enjoyed my oat milk latte nice and slowly this morning, knowing that I'm probably not going to be able to enjoy it tomorrow morning. Because if Vanessa really gets into this oat milk topic and tells me how bad it is, I have a feeling I'm going to have to let it go, unfortunately. So I know. rest in peace to the oat milk lattes. But anyway, on that note, I think we should kickstart this interview and get Vanessa on here. Thank you for joining us today, Vanessa. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How is everything going in LA with Corona and beach closures and all of that? I don't believe that the beach is closed. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't read the news anymore. Um, Better for you. Don't yeah. I mean, it's fine. I travel quite a bit. I take little, little weekend trips or road trips. I go to Ohio often, so I'm not really stuck here. Right. I don't feel stuck, at least. Mm -hmm. that's what's most important yeah but it's it's becoming a bit more normal there or still pretty off 
I guess it's the new normal. I don't even know what normal is anymore. I mean, it's you have to wear a face mask yeah. outside. They don't really police you if you don't, but if you go to like a group workout class outside, you have to wear it the whole time. Oh, while you're working out. I bet that's tough. Well, yeah, that's why I tend to only do a class once a week. And then other than that, I'll go to like trainers or I'll run outside. And then I just wear a bandana and pull it up if I pass somebody so they don't yell at me. Right. You never know. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about how you got into your career in the wellness world and got interested in nutrition response testing and just what brought you to the point you're at today? So when I was 13 and going through puberty, I had a lot of different changes in my body. So I started researching what I could do for skin and all this sort of stuff. And I found nutrition. Nobody in my family was into nutrition. So it just became an obsession of mine. And then through my own healing journey, I just started taking more and more classes. I went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition for Health Coaching. I didn't feel that was enough. So then I studied live blood, urine, saliva analysis in Chicago. And then I still wasn't getting better myself. And I found a woman who does nutrition response testing. And at this point, I was desperate. But for some reason, I just had a feeling that I could heal myself using food and supplements. There had to be a way. And I started working with her and she changed my life. And three years after working with her, that's when I decided I really wanted to go to school for it. You went to school in New York or did you do school in Los Angeles? The school for nutrition response testing, there's only one and it's in uh, Clearwater, Florida. Okay, nice. So that was the start of your career in wellness. Yeah. So I started, I, once I finished school, I was working for a woman in Queens and I was training under her and then it became very overwhelming and I wasn't sure I wanted to live in New York anymore or uh, do nutrition response testing because I didn't feel it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. You really have yeah. to have a thick skin because you're energetically absorbing a lot of people during the day and you're laying hands on people all day long. You're also dealing with a lot of issues and everything from physical to emotional trauma. So unless you yourself are strong and good and confident, then you it's not going to work. So and I wasn't at that place yet. So I decided not to do it. And I didn't do it for, I want to say, two years before I ended up back in LA. And I just, it was an accident that I started doing it again. A friend of mine is a influencer and she begged me to, to test her and she filmed it and it just went crazy and then I had a zillion email inquiries and then I just had to open a practice overnight so that's how I basically ended up here the power of social media is crazy it is crazy do you want to explain to us what you do at your practice sure so we do both phone and in person and now with uh COVID we do FaceTime as well so what we do is people come to me with chronic issues, at least my in-person or FaceTime clients. So anything chronic from anxiety and depression to autoimmune disorders, skin rashes, IBS, anything that's been going on in their body for quite some time, hormonal imbalances. Usually they come to me because I'm their last resort. The Western medical system has failed them. 
And what I do is I work with the body's autonomic nervous system. So your autonomic nervous system runs everything in your body. It tells you when to wake up, when to go to sleep, you know, chew, blink, walk, talk, all that fun stuff. And it's comprised of your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system. And your parasympathetic is rest and relaxation, time to go night, night. And then sympathetic is fight or flight, go, go, go. So if either one is out of alignment, then basically your body's not sending correct signals and things won't operate properly. So what makes nutrition response testing a little different than muscle testing is that we are based upon the autonomic nervous system. So if we don't triple check that, against what we're doing, then we could get an incredibly inaccurate read and then somebody will leave the office not feeling well. So we check the nervous system first. Once that's good, we go through each organ. So just like acupuncture runs on meridian points, we run on organ points. So all I'm doing is applying a, uh, applying a slight pressure to each organ and it's a form of reflexology. So we're testing the strength of each organ. And then we look for the underlying causes of symptoms. I don't go after symptoms. There's always a root cause. So it's usually something that you would never think has to do with what's actually happening in your body. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah. So we test for parasite, fungus, bacteria, heavy metal, toxic chemicals, and food allergies, and just plain organ strength as well. And your body is like an onion. So depending on how old you are, you know, you have X amount of layers of crap build up and each week you come and see me I peel back a layer to get to the root cause because we have things called barriers to healing so we have blockages like people will come to me like I can't lose weight no matter what I do this that and the other but they're like riddled with mold and if you have so much mold in your system your body can't lose weight because it's so toxic no, it's so fascinating though. I had this test done a while ago. I'm not sure if this is something you do either, but it was like to test for my intolerances. So I had this blood test, but it tested me for like 800 different types of foods and it told me what I'm sensitive to. And I've managed to like cut all of that out and it's made a huge difference to like my eczema and anything autoimmune. Is that something you do in your practice? Do you do any like blood work? Well, I don't necessarily believe in blood work for food sensitivities. Um, the, the only thing I do believe in for food sensitivities is like the skin prick test for severe allergies, food intolerances. There's, there's so many things. So your blood changes daily, literally daily. Like we lose thousands of cells a day. So depending on what you're doing in your body, if you're over consuming something that somehow has built up an irritation in your body, it's going to come up as a food allergy. But let's say you eat that food and you feel just fine. Or you never eat something, but you are allergic to it that may not come up. That being said, a, a lot of food sensitivities, at least in nutrition response testing, we're trained to believe is just a weakened digestive system and a weakened immune system. We shouldn't be intolerant to every single food under the sun. That doesn't make sense. So once we strengthen the body, there should be less intolerances. Now, yes, in the beginning healing stage, I always have my clients on a pretty strict, it's not that strict unless they're really ill, but I have them on a strict protocol. Like I want them eating a certain way because it makes my job easier. It makes their healing journey faster. So therefore, you know, three months later, they eat this stuff. They're not going to have an insane reaction to it, but I need them to 
stop. And usually it's 90 days. So like eggs, for example, people will overeat eggs and then they won't feel well on eggs. I always say just take 90 days off and then reincorporate it. You're going to feel fine again. What, so like elimination diet almost? Yeah. So just, and then always, it's usually just 90 days away from it, unless it's something that makes you really sick. Like you have a very, like you have celiac or you have a serious gluten intolerance or you really can't tolerate shellfish. You know, it's, unless it's a very serious allergy to something, usually if you stay off of it for 90 days, you can reincorporate it back in and you should be fine. So in these 90 days, what are the main exclusionary foods that you tell your clients not to have so you can get to the root cause and figure out what it is in everyone's body that is causing them issues? I tell people to go off all grains. I just don't trust grains in the US. So grain free is a number one for me. If they're dying and they really need to eat a grain, which is definitely more of a mental situation. Uh, I always tell them to choose white rice, nothing else. So white rice. Yeah. Never brown. Why white over brown? Because they strip the outside layer. So you're not getting all of the poisons and toxins because all the areas where rice is grown usually has a lot of different, let's say chemical additives and poisons that usually run off into the outside of it. Not only that, it really affects our insulin levels differently. So we're seeing brown rice putting a lot of diabetics into diabetic shock. Brown wow. brown rice chips, brown rice, anything. It's, it's a lot better. Um, it's just healthier to eat white rice just because it's, and there's really no difference in fiber. They think like, oh, well, brown rice, you know, whatever, you're stripping it of the fiber. It's it's like minimal. So I usually do that. Sugar-free is a must. Sugar, I do not agree with that at all. I always find it really irritates my skin. Yeah. So we definitely go sugar-free. We also do um, less fruit. So that counts as sugar. Your body doesn't recognize the difference between sugars. Yes, there is the glycemic index and different sugars hit your bloodstream at different paces, but it, it doesn't go, oh, wow, this is white sugar. I'm going to store it as fat. Oh, wow, this is coconut sugar. I'm going to pee it out. Oh, this is fruit. I'm going to poop it out. It doesn't work like that. Like once it goes in, your body's like, this is sugar. Well, yeah. So at the end of the day, I just want to eliminate as much sugar as possible to take down inflammation. Yeah. So it's usually grains, it's sugar, um, depends on how much caffeine they're doing. I'm not against caffeine, but if they're drinking like two, you know, 12 to 16 ounce coffees a day, that needs to stop. Of course. Yeah, they definitely have to up their water intake. So I just say drink half your weight in ounces of water. I usually take clients off of beans except for lentils, which is funny because there's a big fad going around called the bean protocol, the bean diet. That sounds ridiculous. I don't even know about it, but that sounds ridiculous. A few friends and two clients have asked me about it. And then I have like one friend on it. You know, I don't know. I don't think anything will kill you for a week, but apparently you're supposed to be doing this for months, if not like forever. And I just can't get, I can't wrap my head around it, but I can't hate on anything. I personally haven't tried. And you know, maybe it really works for people. Mm -hmm. So I usually do take people off beans because it really does tend to flare them up. And I get a lot, you know, if you're coming in to me for one thing, most likely you have a gut issue. So I'm just like, let's just not do the beans right now. Um, 
And then those are really my, my top three would be grains, beans, and sugar. Yeah. I see you have a sweet tooth just like me and you do make the most unreal healthy desserts. And like any diet I've ever been on, I always really struggle without my like chocolatey desserts, my muffins. And I've been making all these sugar-free ones recently with this sweetener, which is a mix of stevia and erythritol. And I know stevia is meant to be healthy sugar alternative, but I don't know much about erythritol and I can't seem to find just pure stevia anywhere. But do you think erythritol is an okay sugar substitute or would you stay away from it? So there is 100% stevia, there is 100% monk fruit. So ideally, the cleanest sugar alternatives are 100% stevia and 100% monk fruit. But there are sugar alcohols, and there are two that are not going to kill you. That's xylitol and erythritol. But we're seeing that when people overconsume xylitol and erythritol, that's when they get the bloating and the gas and things like that. Maybe some skin rash, but it's very much an individualized thing. But we're seeing more so it just happens in like gas and stomach cramping. So I try to limit my intake at least of erythritol and xylitol because just monk fruit or stevia works best for at least my body. But it's not like it's terrible. I just wouldn't do it every single day. Because what happens is when we go sugar-free, I give my clients replacements, but I always tell them this is not a free food. This is to wean you off of sugar. But ideally, treats are not meant to be had every day. They're just not. We really need to, you know, life is bitter. It's not sweet all the time. We should get used to that. And then (laughs) also get used to like savory nutrients. So while these treats are so fun and they're awesome, it's, you know, a lot of them are packed with a lot of nuts. And then, you know, over time when we're eating too many nuts, too many nut flours, things like that, we can also get a lot of gut irritation, skin irritation, things like that. I've been binging on these keto desserts using almond flour and so much sweetener. And I'm so bloated for the last like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. You just you need to like do a little uh, real food cleanse. So I'm also not a fan of cleanses, really. I like cleanses that actually do something. So, you know, there's one cleanse in LA that I do like that works for most people. And it's a bone broth cleanse by Owl Venice. Um, they have a good one, but I also just put people on a cleanse of food. And what that looks like is really just in the morning, they can have a cup of wild blueberries, mm-hmm. an egg with, you know, some sauteed spinach. And then for lunch, we just do wild arugula with three to four ounces of wild, you know, salmon or some grass fed beef with just olive oil, apple cider vinegar, and sea salt, and the same thing for dinner. So basically, you're eating a very controlled protein portion, you're eating um, leafy greens that do not upset the body, arugula and butter lettuce, probably the most benign of the leaves. And then you're just doing the simple olive oil, apple cider vinegar and sea salt. So we just do that for five to seven days, and then all of a sudden, their cravings go away. And their gut is just reset, but they're not starving themselves so they're not gonna binge or go crazy when they're done it just all it does is reset your taste buds I know that a big part of your diet just from following you online is that you're always doing organic non-gmo grass-fed and I feel like this is always such a big conversation in my family a lot of people just don't think it's very important to have organic, grass-fed, non-GMO foods going into your body. Can you give us a little insights into why that's so important and why so many people still want to fight that? 
I think they want to fight it because at the end of the day, they just probably think food is food and, and the body is meant to be able to combat a certain amount of bacteria and toxins. But at the same time, when you're eating like non-organic eggs or chicken, for example, you're ingesting a lot of hormones. And what is the thing that is making people crazy lately? It's their hormones, men and women, you know, men are having issues with their testosterone or their sperm count or their thyroid, same with women. So you have the hormones going in, which causes chronic issues. And also you are what you've eaten has eaten. So if you're not eating organic eggs or chicken, when I was in high school, I read this book called Skinny Bitch. And I don't really recommend it, but I read it. And (laughs) I legit thought I had to be vegan. And I went vegan. I'm an O. It did not work for me. All my hair fell out. But I went vegan because I was so scared. And I stopped eating chicken primarily because of what I learned about chicken. Now they're talking about non-organic caged farm raised chicken. And it is disgusting what you learn about this. And so that is what's going into your body. So that I don't mess with at all. Um, I won't really like I like to go out to dinner often. And uh, I like to live my life. And I'm not like out at dinner. And I'm definitely not orthorexic, which is another huge eating disorder going around. So I'm not like, what oil is this cooked in? Where did you buy this? I just order what I want. I'm I'm going to nice restaurants. You know, even when I was on my road trip and I'm starving at gas stations, there'd be like chicken, you know, whatever. It's just chicken, but I wouldn't do it. I can't do it. I'd rather eat like a bag of nuts. I'm that way about salmon. Oh, I got to be at the right place. But yeah, you want to eat quality whenever possible because of all the crap that could possibly be going into your system. I mean, let alone like I'll see a lot of corn and grain in clients that are eating chicken every single day. And they're like, I I haven't been eating grains. I swear I haven't touched corn. (laughs) You're eating chicken every single day. And that's what chicken eat. So we got to cut back. Right. So it's important because the food they're being fed is. is going straight into your body as well. Yeah, that and then the hormones to make them produce more, grow faster, be fatter. And then as far as vegetables go, it's the pesticides and chemicals. And these things directly affect our health. Mm -hmm. So to backtrack just a little bit with the caffeine comment that you made, um, I drink all of the same caffeine pick-me-ups that you drink as well from just finding them on your Instagram because I really feel like you have tried them all because I know that you did this detox off of Adderall. So you were looking for energy and a way to bring yourself up for so many months while you were coming off of a really strong prescription that you were on for eight years. Can you tell people about that journey detoxing off of this drug and what kind of alternatives you figured out along the way to keep yourself focused and energized and productive without having to take drugs throughout the day? Yeah, so I was on Adderall for a long time. And, you know, I want to say I didn't think anything was wrong with it. But I must have because I would hide it and not talk to anyone about it, except for like who I was dating, whoever I was dating knew that I had it. So there's a lot behind it with Adderall, which I noticed when I help people detox. Now, there's a big story that people have that 
it's, it's a mixture of things. A, they won't be able to function or be as productive. B, they're going to lose their job or their school or whatever it is. And C, they're going to gain a bunch of weight. Right. I had to deal with all of those things because I had the story as well that I would be unable to function. And I had to start slow. I had to, I wasn't working at the time. So I definitely had a leg up, but this enabled me to figure out a process that works for people. Um, you had to sleep a lot because your adrenals are tapped out. So the only way to really heal your adrenals is I'm not a big fan of replacing one drug for another or another supplement or whatever. The body needs time to heal itself. And then we can add in things eventually here and there for like, okay, desperate times. But you got to sleep when you're a lot of people come to me with quote, adrenal fatigue. But then I'm like, well, how many hours a night do you sleep? They're like, anywhere from six to seven and a half. That's not enough. It's not enough hours. Yeah, there are some like, like crazy people out there that can function on like five to six hours with no caffeine. And that is literally a very small percent of the population, but women, especially because men are mostly muscle, women are mostly fat, Mm -hmm. and we're all hormones, we need more rest, we need more sleep, there's a lot more going on in our bodies. So, you know, eight to nine hours is ideal, start there. But especially if you're detoxing off of a really intense, um, you know, amphetamine all day long, or something that's causing you to, to override the ability to feel tired, you got to sleep, you got to sleep it off as much as you can. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. And then I would just go from there. I found, you know, I really was a fan of bulletproof coffee, because as much as I was detoxing off of that, or I wouldn't take away caffeine from somebody as well, that's too intense for the system. Of course, major shock. Yeah, they're just going to go right back to the drug. It makes no sense. So I usually am a big fan for most people, a bulletproof coffee with like the whole MCT oil and ghee and collagen, because it helps you have almost like an extended time release effect. And it's not hitting your insulin, you're not going to crash. And it, and it just helps, it helps sustain the energy. So we do that. And then eventually, you know, over time, once we start healing the organs with different supplements, so there's different side effects you can get, you can start to feel depressed because these focus drugs, all of them, they, they affect your dopamine. So you have this false sense of excitement almost and motivation. And without that, sometimes the brain needs to learn how to build that on its own because it's had these training wheels on. So then we work on that. We work on rebuilding the brain. We work on rebuilding the adrenals. And then we go from there. And then eventually when people want, they're like, well, what if I have to, you know, write a paper all day long or what? We have alternatives for that now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was incredibly nerve wracking as well, having to come out and be so public with the announcement. Like I've been taking this drug for so long, especially being a holistic health coach. I'm sure so many people are in admiration of you for doing that and being so open with it. And like, if anyone's going through the same thing, I'm sure they can look at you and be like, okay, I'm not alone. I can get through this. Yeah, well, that's what I figured. I myself knew that if because I tried once before and it didn't work. And I knew that I had to tell everyone because it would hold me accountable. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, I was never going to go through with it. And I actually filmed myself for four days prior to actually posting. So I was four days behind. I was four days ahead 
it wasn't live because I was really scared. And so I talked to like three or four friends and two women I respect, older women, and everybody was like, you have to do this. You have to do it. So that's when I posted, but I was really scared. I was scared for my reputation. I was scared for, you know, I was newly single. I thought maybe that'd make me look like tainted or, you know, like a drug addict or whatever, you know, all these labels. But at the end of the day, I thought, you know, I can't possibly be the only one dealing with this. There's just no way. And if anything, maybe people will resonate and then I'm not alone and then I'll feel better about myself. Really? Yeah. It's all about the ego at the end of the day. And so I did, and I got like 800 DMs and I had like 3000 followers of people going, Oh my God. Like I'm, I was like, Whoa, we are a country of meth heads. This is crazy. Crazy. Welcome to America. It's funny when Sophie and I planned out this episode, we were just, you know, laying out talking points we wanted to have. And um, I brought up the Adderall and she's like, what's Adderall? Because she's based in London at the moment and she was raised in London. I'm like, it's something that is absolutely not legal in Europe, but is used all over the United States. Yeah, my followers in Germany and, and in London always DM me when if I bring it up, they're like, what is this Adderall? <laughs> It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the Germans are the hilarious ones. They're like, what? <laughs> so on the note of supplements, we know that you're very well read and you see a bunch of different clients, like you said, with a bunch of different issues. What are some supplements that you feel like no matter what's going on or what problems anyone has for themselves that most all people should be taking? Vitamin D, D3. Mm-hmm. I don't know everyone's individual levels. Everyone's pretty good with 5,000 IUs a day. Always take it with food because it's fat soluble. Otherwise, it won't absorb. K2 is another one. If you can find Mm -hmm. a 2 and 1, a D3 K2, that's good too. K2 is great for bone health and cardiovascular health. Uh, B12 is a tricky one because we're learning more and more. There's a lot of people with what we call an uh, MTHFR mutation. And this affects your body's ability to methylate B12. So they have to go on a special kind of methylation formula for B12. And these are a lot of people that think they have chronic fatigue, but once they get that handled, they're fine. But I'd say everyone should know if they have it, if they don't, and then Mm -hmm. figure out what B12 would work for them, especially vegans. They're really low in B12, perhaps a DHA, but not everybody is like, I don't take one and my levels are just fine. So You just have to be careful sometimes with supplements because you can push your levels over the edge. Vitamin C is a great one, just a thousand IUs a day. And if you can find one that says that it's liposomal on it, that way it's just more bioavailable. That's also great to take. Uh, Glutathione really can't hurt anyone. That's a great one as well. I've just started using Quicksilver Scientific Glutathione. Do you know their brand in particular? Yeah, I have these great like mineral vials that are excellent for hydration. With summer soon coming to a close and being in a pandemic, apart from the supplements and vitamins, is there anything else people can do to keep their immunity up? I think people are too overly obsessed with their immunity at this point, and they're overdoing it on all these supplements and they're been taking them for months and it's, you don't need that. Okay, so this is gonna sound a little woo woo as well, 
far as I'm concerned, when it comes to COVID, I'm not denying that there is something going around, but I also believe that everything is energy and everything is a frequency is that's what my practice is based upon. And if you believe in electricity, you believe in energy. So if you carry the energy of fear and believe you're going to get it, you're going to get it probably, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's important to not be afraid to live your life. People that, you know, stay holed up in the house and whatnot, they end up actually getting sick because isolation is one of the biggest killers for society because that causes depression. It causes the immune system to drop. It, it's really unhealthy. So I think it's important, like be safe in any way that you can and any way that makes you feel comfortable. And, you know, sure, when it gets colder and if, you know, when regular flu season amps up, yeah, take your immune boosters, you know, don't take them all the time because it really can be dangerous. And you feel like fear and stress is a silent killer and is actually making people potentially more immune to catching what's going around. Well, that weakens your immune system. Mm -hmm. So you can basically take every supplement in the world and be a stress ball and your those supplements aren't going to do anything for you. Right. Stress totally weakens your entire immune system. It is proven. It is a huge thing. They've now proven that cancer in a lot of people comes from, you know, repressed emotions that haven't been dealt with. So, you know, we're finding more and more that emotions, beliefs, thoughts, these types of things tie into our health directly. So it's really important to stay as sane as possible because it's pretty insane out there. Right. But things like, of course, when things amp up, you can always take like a wellness formula or, you know, up your zinc and quercetin. Yeah. I just started taking quercetin. And always eat healthy. Yeah. Put the good stuff in your body. Yeah. And like, you know, when if you think it's amping up again, then, you know, make sure that you're on your game as far as food is concerned, because sugar and alcohol will also weaken your immune system. We have a really important conversation that we need to have with you. So Sophie and I are like very, very committed to our oat milk lattes in the morning. And we were both utterly devastated to see your posts and your thoughts on Instagram about oat milk. So we think for those people listening on here who also love oat milk, we've got to get into that conversation a little bit. So... To find a clean oat is really difficult. But beyond that, the way that oats are processed in these oat milks, there's a lot of canola oil, it's, which is grapeseed oil. It's basically canola oil with a splash of oat. So we don't want to do that. That's a damp, what we call a damaged oil. Also, these oats have a lot of, I never pronounce it right, glycophosphate, glyco whatever. That's when you know it's not good, when there's yeah. no chance of pronouncing it. Yeah. So all of this stuff causes chronic issues in the body, and it also raises blood sugar really fast. So if you, I just wouldn't do oat milk. I wouldn't do liquid grains in the diet. I wouldn't even, you know, when I was younger, I used to do rice milk. I really wouldn't do rice milk either. I would mm -hmm. do, if you want to eat the actual grain, you know, like a gluten-free oat, you really have to find as clean as you can because even like Bob's Red Mill had a gluten-free oat that was recalled and oats keep getting recalled. So I would just be careful of, of your source of oats if it's like a daily habit for you. But definitely, I mean, consuming liquid grain, in my opinion, is just not a smart thing to do. I mean, it tastes so good, but so many alternatives. Yeah, it's just not like the healthiest thing. 
for your body. And people have written me a lot and they've asked me about what if we make their own. Like I said, I'm just not a fan of liquefying grains. Right. The rise of oat milk came a lot more health issues. I don't know. It's very trendy this year. And this is the biggest year I've had yet in my practice. So I don't know Uh, if I should be writing Oatly a thank you or... Maybe there's a correlation there. Yeah. Well, the last thing we want to get into is about clean beauty, because I know that you're super into your clean beauty. And why is it so important that you choose products that are clean? And what are some of your favorite clean beauty products? So our skin's our largest organ, and anything we put on our skin gets directly absorbed into our bloodstream. So I always say pick and choose your clean products, because I know a lot with anti-aging, there's controversy on whether things really work or not. And look, we can't really anti-age, but we can slow the aging process. And things like retinols, there's just one company that's sending me a retinol that's supposed to be clean to try so we'll see if that works but yeah so you just want to pick and choose so like I would choose your body lotion should be clean if you're putting some toxic things on your face but these things directly affect our hormones and over time you know there's a lot of like uterine cancer and ovarian cancer back in the day due to some of the Johnson and Johnson products Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of makeup that's pretty toxic so What's great is it took me actually a while to go completely, well, as non-toxic as I am now, as far as skincare is concerned, because there was a lack of products. But now there's really no excuse because there is, there are really cool things coming out. They also can't regulate. It's different in the EU, but as far as the FDA is concerned, it's not regulated. You can put anything you want in skincare. Yeah, it's gross. There's like 82,000 chemicals that that are overlooked. And these like 82,000 chemicals are not allowed in Europe. We have a lot of toxins, but there's some cool stuff. I think the number one thing everyone, no matter who you are, has to do is must use a non-toxic deodorant. That is non-negotiable. If you're using toxic deodorant, it's really bad. A, if you're using one to prevent yourself from sweating, your body needs to sweat, especially when you're working out. It's called detox. If you don't sweat, then those toxins get circulated. Not only that, you're putting aluminum into your lymph nodes. Some of your major lymph nodes are under your arm, in your armpit, directly correlated to breast cancer. So never use it. I don't care if you're just going to a workout class, allow yourself to sweat. If you feel like you smell, reapply. That's what I do. I have one in my office drawer, one in my purse, like little mini travel deodorants. And if I need to reapply, I reapply. And it's never been a problem. So that's one. Body lotions. I really love Osea. Osea has a great anti-aging skin balm. They also have amazing body lotions and body creams. There's another one called, I want to say Kai, not Kai, but Kai. K-A-I? No, it's K-A, that one's not clean. This one's K-A-Y-A or something. I'd have to, Kai or Kayo maybe. That one's really great for the face. I'm really obsessed right now with January Labs. It's very clean. They have a lot of like anti-aging serums, a great nighttime moisturizer, daytime moisturizer, and eye cream that I use daily. Mm-hmm. That's a big favorite of mine. Uh, if you're a fan of oils, there's a company called Tulora that has great face oils. I love Tulora. Yeah, Tulora is awesome. And she really studied and read up on what was good. Uh, Drunk Elephant has, some, has actually a pretty good retinol that's clean. 
and uh, I don't love their vitamin C as much. Have you tried their new body lotion? No, they have a body lotion. I had no idea. Yeah, I just ordered it from Sephora last week. It's so nice. It's really good. I'll have to try that one. Definitely. I'm still on the hunt for like a clean sunscreen that I really like very hard. Would you consider Supergoop clean? It's on the dirty list. Fabulous. That's what I've been using for a year and a half. Good to know. I think it's cleaner, but it's not like, you know, but it's hard because when you go super clean with sunscreens, they're all this like mineral, it's pasty, white, you look ashy. So I'm having a really hard time with the sunscreen game. I don't wear sunscreen every day. So at least on my body, my face sunscreen is just my tinted Suntegrity, which I'm obsessed with. So called their five in one and that has SPF 30 and um, that is like my only face sunscreen. I don't really have a lotion I put on underneath it. But as far as the body's concerned, if you're like outside for a long period of time, like I'm going camping this weekend and I've been on the sunscreen hunt, it's very difficult to find a clean one that doesn't make you look crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like pasty and white and chalky and it takes like an hour to rub in. Yeah. But there's also a great app that is called Think Dirty, and you can download it and basically scan any barcode in the drugstore, Sephora. They have most everything, and if they don't, you can submit it, and then they'll review it. But they'll tell you on the dirty scale, like 1 to 10, how dirty and how clean it is, and then break down every single chemical and why it's considered clean or why it's considered dirty for you. Wow, that's great because it, it's complicated. Like I said, I, I don't know why I had this impression in my head that Supergoop was super clean. Obviously not. <laughs> so it's great to have these resources. I also thought Kula was clean, but when I did all my research, they're like, Kula is not as clean. By the way, that's what I used my entire road trip I just went on was Supergoop and Kula. So <laughs> and now I'm like reading Goop. I'm reading all these articles. And I'm like, wait, how come none of these sunscreens are at any of the clean markets? None of them are in any article. I'm confused. I've been using um, a tinted moisturizer by Ilia that has SPF 40. It's actually um, a tinted skin. The hyaluronic one. Yeah, so I may just have to just start applying that to my whole body because I do know Ilya's clean. No, yeah. Ilya is also my favorite uh, makeup brand. So when I was really dragging, I was really not into switching to non-toxic makeup at all. And Ilya changed my life. Between Suntegrity and Ilya, I use the Ilya bronzers, mascaras, highlighters, blush. Everything is Ilya. I'm obsessed. Well, I hope you guys who are listening have had a pen and paper during this episode because there are a lot of notes to be taken down. And Vanessa, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? So your Instagram handles, your websites. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram at vshoney, V-E-E-S-H-O-N-E-Y. And my website is just vshoney.com. And your practice is located in? It's in Los Angeles. So in Brentwood in Los Angeles. And if you want to become a client, you just email info at vtoney.com. Amazing. Someday I'll have some time in LA and stop in and do this nutrition response testing for myself. Fantastic. We look forward to having you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks, girls. All right, so Sophie and I are going to end all of our episodes with a little Q&A section. So you can hop onto our Instagram page and look for the highlight called Q&A. 
And Sophie and I will be picking two of them each week to answer on our episode. So the first question that Sophie and I picked this week is, what are your favorite New York City restaurants? This is not a hard question for me. I'm such a foodie. I love Avra Madison. It's a Mediterranean restaurant with really fresh fish, so many good sides, and my favorite salmon in the whole city. That's my favorite bougie restaurant, but something more chill that I eat more often for sure is Springbone Kitchen. It's super healthy. It's near Washington Square Park and everything is really good. I have so many favorites. I like, I'm finding it hard to choose, but Carbone is probably my favorite. If we're going to go all fancy, the food is so, so good. And I mean, if I'm just running around the city, don't judge me, but I'm a sucker for Chipotle. (laughs) I love my Mexican food so much. That Caesar salad with the giant croutons and the spicy rigatoni at Carbone is bomb. Oh my God, love. That's a game changer. All right. So the second question we have is, what are the best products for hair growth? I mean, I don't do much to my hair. I always get this question, but if I am feeling dry, I'll literally just put some coconut oil in my hair and then tie it back and leave it on for as many hours as I can and then wash it out. And that's just going to add some like hydration and repair any split ends. But yeah, I don't really have any specific products I use. So for me, I have had my hair cut so many times for jobs. I've had it chopped off so short before. I definitely am experienced in the hair growth department. So I like to use Olaplex shampoo and conditioner. It makes your hair really healthy and strong. So obviously it's going to grow a lot faster. And my favorite vitamin for hair growth is Viviscal. You can get it on Amazon. And mark my words, this stuff really works. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, let us know, leave us a little review, and don't forget to click that subscribe button on our podcast page. You guys can follow us on our Instagram page at the Not So Simple Life Podcast, and we cannot wait to see you guys on our next episode. 